Welcome to Season 2 of Breaking Free. I'm Rania Kurdi, a confidence life coach, comedian and mother of two. I invite you to join me bi-weekly for confidence tips and interesting chats with my guests who work in fields that help develop confidence. And sometimes with people who have a personal story to share of how they were able to break free from fears that held them back from living their life with confidence and purpose. Today's episode is about the importance of self-expression and feeling able to share your truth. As the great American memoirist, poet and civil rights activist Maya Angelou once said, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you. My guest is here to share her voice and her story after discovering how healing it can be for not only herself, but for others too. So glad you could be here to share with us today on Breaking Free. Hi, Rania. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm uh, good. I'm so glad to be here as well. Uh, we've been in touch, uh, me and you, for some time now. And I'm so glad to share with you my healing journey and my discoveries in the past few years. Yes, I think that's really important. And I think a good place to start would be with what was life like before you found your voice, before you felt that you could express yourself and share? I grew up in a very, um, actually, a big family. I grew up in a, a very conservative uh, environment. Um, I am the youngest of six uh, siblings, and um, my parents, um, I can consider at that time or right now i still think they got married um, as a result of a love story the there is a lot of love in the house uh, and a lot of um, um a lot of let's say we we are actually couldn't could be considered from a privileged family financially um but also growing up um there was a lot of uh, feelings that i wasn't seen or I would I wouldn't be able to give my uh, opinion, or um, as a result of the youngest, or as a result of being a woman, or as a result of um, someone who's not as smart as my other siblings. I was always like the person who, um, let's say, um, not able to express an opinion. Did you see your siblings um, expressing their opinions and being heard? Totally. I mean, I think that was my... So I was always eager to try to prove myself, uh, either by choosing a different school or choosing a different path uh, than my siblings, um, because I was always compared to our... Ah, look at my look at your brother did this and you didn't, or look at your sister did this and you didn't, or for example, my sister is better than me in drawing, or like all these things that compared. At some point, I tried to always get out of the comparison by going total. A different path than they can even understand. For example, I studied architecture, and this is something they, the whole family, were like into medicine, pharmacy, and all these things. So when I chose this, I wanted something that they can't compare me to anything. So this was like something, one of the first expression that I started to choose. And when, even though I didn't actually want architecture. 
architecture. <laughs> but it's uh, something that I chose something that they can't compare me to anything. Mm -hmm. And that was the first thing that I started to realize, actually, I can always express about architecture and they never can say this is no or right or correct. And this was the start of me realizing that I would I want to always to be different or choose something different and then realize if it fits me or not. Yes, that's that's understandable. And it takes a long time to realize, have I made my decisions based on what I love or have I made them as a reaction to yes. trauma or the way that I have been treated? So that's really interesting that you're very aware of that. Yes, and this is right now I am aware of that, yes. of course. Uh, like I think this is uh, 20 years before, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, 15 years ago when I started. But now looking back at it, I know that now I'm in a phase where all the decisions I made, now I'm um, working on understanding if it fits me or not. Yes. Like I'm more into, okay, so I chose this. Is this working for me or not? I'm trying to take what is fitting me and what is really I don't like about that, mm. which is another a total different expression for me. For me right now, how to communicate my expression and how to choose my uh, choices and so on. But back in the days, it started from choosing my own study path and this is yes. how I started expressing and the more I express I realize they can hear uh, or they can um, let me express if it's something they have no experience in right this is how I started to heal mm. for example or uh, making them listen to me or to have a voice mm. so it started from architecture studies And uh, later it started with going to a university that they never, none of them have been, uh, a very uh, international university that is um, one of the rule in the university that, that we have to travel abroad. And this is something in the family as a woman or a, you cannot, uh, like one of the things that you cannot do to travel alone, for example. Mm -hmm. So expressing by hey no I want to do that and in order to do that I have to find ways that they cannot even have an experience in to to say no to that so I started getting a scholarship for that because when I express about for example my opinion about certain things that they are living in for example uh, lifestyle or um, the way uh, religion can tell you things or the the way a woman should look like or or these things it was always that I, I am living in a different world and I I shouldn't talk or there is a rules I have to follow and so on but when I bring it from another perspective that there is an authority telling them to accept the university is telling them that this person got a scholarship and they have to travel a, a, abroad then they cannot say no to that. So with like during the years, I learned how to convince them by, by my own methods, yes. but letting them accept through other, other approaches. Yeah. That so makes sense. It sounds like 
what you really needed was to be seen as an individual, unique for your own personality, your own talents, your own characteristics. But perhaps this was seen as rebellion because you were going against everything that seemed the norm in in the family. Were you seen as a rebel? Totally. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. And I'm still seen as a person uh, who actually... What I am considered in the family, not only a rebel, but I am insisting on doing something to hurt them. Mm. For them, anything that's different and anything that's an opinion that is could be different that, or a question, why do they think that way, um, is, is uh, perceived as a as a way of me not being part of the family and being... Uh, taking this tool to hurt them or taking a different path to hurt them emotionally. When in fact, it's you trying to be seen as an individual. Exactly. And if only we had the language to express that early on and say, I feel unseen, I feel unheard, I'm trying to get your attention, which is why children have um, tantrums and and act really naughty. They're trying to get attention, but what the parent sees is that they are difficult. They don't see where this is coming from. Yes. So how did you begin to notice that you need to find a way to express in a in a clearer way in order to communicate with your parents, to communicate with partners in life? Did this happen after you traveled? Is, is that what helped you or were there other steps that took you there? I mean, it started all like when I was... I started studying in this uh, university that is considered uh, a bit different than where I grew up in. I grew up in a, like a, uh, for example, girls' school that never see like boys and is very separated and very and in the family we can't even like cousins, for example, sit together. Like women are always separated from men and all that. So when I was 18, I started uh, studying in a very international university. And this was already a start for me to communicate. I And I realized things, I heard things like ah, uh, something called attention or something called trauma, something called um, what does it mean to approach uh, like a I don't know, a communication within like a group of people. What does it mean to convince a friend to come with you to, I don't know, to Mm. the gym, for example. (laughs) Things like that, that I actually started learning from my, uh, and there is like a classes that uh, soft skills or communication and all these things. I was so shocked that I was 18 and I came, I thought like I already have all the skills to be uh, 18. And I was so shocked that everyone is so, um, like everyone is so chill about the environment and how it is that we are all mixed and we all can talk uh, normally and we can all communicate together. And actually it's not a big deal if it's a man or a girl or whatever. And I was already realizing that I'm actually growing up in a different environment by just knowing that everyone else in the university is actually 
uh, grown or have a different communication with their family. For example, the parents of the people in the university would come to the university and they join us and talk to us normally and they all know uh, what's going on. And I have to be, for example, lying about things like, ah, today I have a project in a mixed group. Yes. Or I have to build a model with a a guy that the university put me in a team with, for example. And this made me realize that I'm lying a lot in order to, like, to continue studying. And then, for example, I have to lie... Uh, and not tell my parents that I'm going to have to stay late to work on a project with a guy. And instead, I have to say it's a girl. And these things that the more I lie, the more I realize, but why am I lying? <laughs> and why I have to hide this? And it became a pattern that at some point, like I'm, everything in my life is a, is a lie, basically. But it started from 18 that uh, everyone, I, I realized that where I am growing up is actually not not a, uh, not a free area. And the more I express it with people in the university or people around me, the more they are shocked or the more that, so the more I sh- sh- express it, the more I'm c- more confident to tell my parents, hey, this is not okay. Or it, it was already a start of healing that knowing no, I deserve to travel alone. It's not a big deal to sit with a, like uh, in a mixed group, for example. Yeah. It sounds like it must feel like if you were living in the 1950s and one day you woke up and you're in year 2022. Was it as big as a shock of that? I think it's even bigger. <laughs> I mean, everything is so different. You're yes, learning it's... about what you thought was true or what you thought was the norm yeah. isn't. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I think I I was calling myself for some time, especially, I mean, starting 18. And then later I started to also um, question my what do I like and what do I not like, for example, staying late or because I had a curfew at 7 p.m. to be at home. Um, even though my studies require to work with a team in a team and so on. Oh, so even when you're studying abroad, you had a curfew at 7 p.m. where your parents would call you from another country? Yes. I see. But I, when I was abroad, I didn't, I, I like it was still put up in my head, mm-hmm. but I still say like I would, I was always like in a, uh, in a phone calls with them. Like I have to be calling them every day and telling them what I'm doing and so on. So for a long time, I was telling them, yes, I'm home right now. But actually with time, I realized, but does that affect, like when I started realizing these things, I realized, no, actually it's fine. Does it affect me? Like my, uh, Mm. how bad am I if I stay after 7 p.m. or not? Because for a long time, I believed it's wrong to be uh, away, uh, uh, away from... Yes, yeah. after seven. So it was like these rules I still I still was following, even though I was alone and abroad the first year or the first two years, I was still like uh, following certain rules that was put on me. Uh, for example, the door, I wouldn't lock it, my room, my own room. Uh, it was not allowed to lock it. It was not allowed, for example, to be 
talking on the phone after 9 p.m., for example. Mm. Like things like that, I was still following. And then with time, I was questioning these things. And the more I question and express it in a funny way, I was always like expressing, ah, my dad doesn't allow me like this, ha, ha, ha. But actually, I realized it was a self-defense mechanism to laugh about things that I'm not um, happy about or satisfied with. And then the more I realized and I express it to other people, I get healing and realizing that I am unlearning these things. Mm. And then I still start implementing it, like implementing not doing it. Mm. But then when I did that, the more I do that, the more they are uh, considering me that I'm against them. Um, Of course, they consider that I am doing this to hurt them or or these things. And that is the the hardest phase is when you start to unlearn things and do things differently. It changes the dynamic in the family that they're used to. So we can sometimes play the victim role or the perpetrator role or the rescuer. And these are sort of the three roles that are taken on in a family. And if someone starts changing which role they are, or not, or not playing any of them, actually responding more in an adult way without having to play this whole drama, it makes everyone feel uncomfortable. They don't know how to deal with it anymore. And so yes. they will push harder. So you started to unlearn, they started to push harder. And I imagine feeling like you're more of a liar as time goes on became more and more uncomfortable for you. Can you share with us about your sexuality as well and discovering that? How early on did you discover your preferences and keep that a secret? Yes. So basically what happened is um, growing up, I always never were interested in men. But uh, I never knew what was. I mean, as I said, I grew up in a very conservative area. I didn't have access to even LGBTQ um what is gay what is like uh like growing up we don't even have our own tv or our own whatever so until 18 i never really knew what's happening until i started in uh, in there but i knew that i was having such a strong emotional connection with my female best friends and that was a already an issue in the family that i put my uh, female best friends as a priority on like top of my family. But can we just clarify here that it could be blamed on you're not mixing with boys. So the natural thing would be that you're going to have crushes on the girls that you're with. But your siblings, your sisters also had the same circumstances of only mixing with girls. Did did that have the same effect on them as well? Or it comes from your preference? For me, what happened, I think uh, growing up, I knew that my siblings, uh, let's say the sisters, they had a bit of a story or a crush on a guy or something growing up. And it was already a big issue. And like, it was not okay to have a, uh, like a teenager story, love story uh, with the opposite sex. So they all uh, got uh, married traditional way. So when you finish university, yeah. then you can get married. 
like once you are 24, 23, that's the system in the family. When you are 23, 24, you finish bachelor, which is very important in the family um, reputation. Men and women and everyone have to have a, a good degree. So in where I was like um, engineering, medicine, and degrees are the most important. But how did they have crushes as teenagers? On, on which boys? What boys did they see that they had a crush on that caused a, a problem in the family? For example, um, one of my sisters were uh, like she was uh, in, during her university, bachelor university, she was uh, kind of having a text, phone text with a guy that she had a crush on. Um, but apparently she was with him for, let's say, a few weeks or three months. And then my other brother found out on her phone that. And then it was a problem because this person, for example, doesn't uh, fill all the requirements of the family. And then it was a big problem because also she was not following the rules by just studying and after she studies she follows the marriage requirements yeah so during is not possible so how did that affect you to see that her having um any kind of romantic involvement with a boy caused trouble i was uh, actually growing up i was always the person that she like my sisters would tell me about their secrets Mm. and we would talk about uh, how cute that was and I was always a listener and we talk about it until later when things happen then we never talk about it again right but I knew growing up how bad it is to so I wanted to prove to my family that I'm now I'm never gonna let you down so I never was anyways interested but um I was always trying to prove to them that I'm not gonna not follow, uh, not not I'm not gonna disappoint you by yes, like which is completely unnatural. But as a child, we we want to do anything that's going to please our parents. But it's unnatural yes. for us to not feel and not to have any loving feelings towards anyone. Exactly, and this is why I think I don't. I, it wasn't a big deal for me because I did have so much emotional feelings uh, and I used to like even write poems and they even let me experience mm-hmm. these feelings. They were kind of encouraging me, go with your best friend and la la la. Until it was a bit more than they wanted to be. Mm. So, for example, I would want to sleep over with this best friend or then they would not let me. Then I realized that, okay, why am I... I insisting to do this with my best friend so I started already questioning my sexuality because I already questioned if I am not doing what my my sisters are doing with the boys or anything uh, why am I getting so affected and getting depressed by not uh, by my parents not allowing me to experience further with my female best friends that I have so much emotions for and I started questioning this uh, as a, in a way like I started in a sneaky way yeah. would ask uh, like a bit of browsing when we had a chance or when I started in university I started approaching the people who are a bit more open uh, about being gay 
but I didn't know what it means. Or I was like, this was the start of me questioning because the emotions I had with my female friends, it was not something I would consider how my siblings consider their friends. Yes. And I imagine it's specific female friends, not all of them, because a lot of people have this idea about if you're gay and you like mm. the same sex, you like every everyone and anyone, which is not the truth. It's just like at in all. any straight relationship, you have preferences. No, not at all. That's exactly what I'm trying to... The reason I started questioning is because, of course, as I said, I grew up in a very female school and so on. I mean, only girls' school. And I, I always had a phase every, like, two years. Then there is a certain girl that was everything and when this happens when a girl like keeps coming to my house keeps then my dad and my mom starts telling me stop doing this and let do not go further and they totally deprive me from um, pursuing my friendship or whatever I feel with this person that we lose contact totally and it happened like three, four times. I mean, of course, I'm friends with a group of people, but there is a certain person that I am so in touch with that I, I go depressed and when I am not being able to... And then I started questioning, where is this coming from and why? And then I started rebelling uh, by... Uh, like, I started showing this by actually saying, I don't want to wear a dress anymore. I don't want to do... And then I started to be... I started not to get their approval. I started to uh, not do something they want me to do. Or, for example, you have to wear a dress and makeup and these things. In a wedding, I wouldn't do that, for example. Mm. And then problems started. <laughs> and uh, and then when I'm, I was 18, I I started again, like, approaching the open gay people and I realized that I'm so I feel so comfortable with these people and uh, I started having crushes and but I didn't really was able to like approach or being able to accept myself because in the end I was not able to understand what's happening or what is the name for it only through expressing a bit with some people, I would know what it, what the name for it. I, I I realized to be like I was very close to certain gay guys, for mm. example, or and I felt super safe and be able to express myself with them. But in the same time, I was still in the idea that um, I need to um, I need to fulfill my parents' wishes which is getting married when I'm finishing university and um, uh, making them proud yeah. of me. So you're still going to try to deny your own emotions for the sake of pleasing them. Exactly. And uh, so until then, I was not sure what is my sexuality, of course. But then I knew when I graduated that I don't want to get married. And for me, getting married means at that time, getting married to a man traditionally, like how it is with my siblings. So when I finished the school, men started uh, approaching like to my family. And that was the case. You finish school and people um, come approach your my mother and they ask them, huh, um, this is the criteria of this man mm. and uh, we want to 
to go further. It's like and marrying each other according to your CV. It's also exactly. not being seen again. It's not because of your actual personality or them knowing you. Exactly. Mm. At this time, I never really had like a relationship or I never had either with a man or a woman. But I knew 100% that I do not want to get married that way. And I was very uh, vocal about it. And I remember like a couple of people like already approached and I had a, um, a reason for me to say no because I got a scholarship to travel abroad and continue studying in Germany, master's degree. So for me, like I had a huge reason why to, how can I say no? Not because I am against you, but because I am studying. Yes. And I remember I was 24 years old and some like men came and I was very vocal about I don't want to get married because I am traveling. And the amount of uh, shame that um, my dad expressed that he was already uh, telling me that the reason you don't want to get married is because you are lying to us and because you actually have a boyfriend and you broke the rule that we put long time ago. And that's the only reason that makes sense why you are saying such a big no. And I had to prove to him that I do not have a boyfriend and I have no uh, hidden story. I just have a master's degree. I had to bring a Quran and actually swear in front of him on the Quran that I do not have a boyfriend. Like I had to be super vulnerable and say that I have no reason to hide from you. And he still brought this groom on top of that because he didn't accept that the family's image would show that I have an issue like as a as a female person, his daughter has an issue, and that's why we aren't saying no. Because she has no fiancé, she has no reason to say no. So what happened is the groom came, and the mother came, and they were getting to know me, and I had to go through the whole process of, like, dressing up and actually bringing the uh, tea or saying who I am and how happy I am and for you to uh, visit us and all that. But at that point, because I was super disappointment, disappointed uh, on how was the forced meeting, I had to express myself. <laughs> so I said that if to myself that since my dad is not able to express himself by saying that I have a master's degree and I'm going to go abroad. I had to express it myself. Mm. So I said, I'm, I'm super happy you're here. And I took the mother on the side and I told her, I'm happy to meet your son, but I'm actually planning to study abroad and I'm going to live there for at least five years. And this is what actually all the grooms following that they all never stayed because they all cannot wait for a wife for five years. 
So I had to express myself. And this is how, like, I followed their process or whatever. But I had to express myself. And when I expressed myself, I realized, wow, this is just how I should be doing. And I just express myself and be free. So was there great relief with that? Of course, because the next day they said no. Yeah, but, you know, it, even though it's going to cause more trouble with your family, there's still a relief in speaking your truth. And that sounds like it was your first major big yep. step to stand up and, and say what you feel and what you want. So how have you come to the point where now you've even come out to your family? Even more so have you said, this is what I want, this is who I am, and I need you to accept that. Yes, I think because um, as I, I think as I, the more I express, the more I realize I'm not only choosing this path as a result, but why am I choosing this path? So, for example, I came out to myself first to accept myself and my like being actual, um, my true happy self. It was actually five mm. years ago. But I never was able to come out to my family because I was not sure if I am doing, um, if I am coming out to myself as a way of exploring or is it a way of actual myself? And this is me and everyone has to listen to what yes. I am. Are you exploring? Are you rebelling? Or exactly. is this your true? So, yeah. and this contains all of the other things that I'm in discovering even things like am I studying because as a rebellious or am I studying because I love architecture and this mm. came as a phase later like only now I am phasing this so the reason I came out is because I am not only exploring I, I found the person that I can call a wife to be and I am super happy and stable that this is something I've been discovering and realizing and this is something they I had to say it out loud that I I don't need your opinion or approval on that because this is just me and I'm healed right now by saying it out loud uh, mm -hmm. but of course it took such a like 10 years now of experience uh, expressing things that they are not approving of but every time I express something they are not happy with, I get more confident with the next thing that I'm going to express. Yes. So your voice and your sharing and your truth is giving you confidence as a person. 100%. Yes. And a lot of us think that, oh, if we please and say what everyone wants us to say, then, you know, that's that's the safer and better route but it doesn't lead to happiness. And it sounds like you've been pressured to lie so much that you need to share your voice in order to feel confident. 100%. And I am only, I'm not only like uh, choosing this path of expressing by only with me and with my family, but I realized also with friends or with at work or with my partner, I mean, the more I know, okay, this is what pissed me off or this is I don't like, what 
you don't like or the the communication about hey we have to do a check-in how do you feel about this how do you feel about this thing that i did or so on my connections and my depth my deep uh, connections with my partner or my friends are the ones that we do that are the ones that we heal through telling each other what is the boundary and what is um what is it that you like about me or yeah. the thing that you don't like about me? And I I realized, I think, because for a long time I was hiding um, under the umbrella of family. Um, I can, like, see or highlight anything that is not expressed. And I feel the more I... I pointed out and we talk about it in a chill way of course uh, the more it's a very like the results come maybe in one year or next month or next week uh, but it, the result is always a healing and more confident connection mm. and more confident connection with yourself yes. or with people yes because basically. it's a more truthful connection and so you started taking therapy and looking deeper into why you made decisions that you made and realizing that, you know, this is emotional trauma that you have been living under. Um, how beneficial is it to do that, to find out that for your present life now? I would say, I mean, the reason... I think it, it it is so beneficial is because knowing what actually triggers me, the next time something triggers me, it doesn't actually trigger me because I know, okay, if this happens, I just know that this is trigger me because of my my trauma, my emotional trauma. So can you give us an example? Yes, uh, for example, I mean, um, for example, I I was always like growing up, I I I used to always get pressured by the idea that at 7 p.m. I have to be at home, no matter what I'm doing, working, studying, gym, whatever. I have a very limited time access to do whatever I do without a deadline mm. or so I was always like, my dad would call me 700 times. My mom would text me, hey, where are you? Where are you? Even it's not 7 p.m. yet. Yes. The preparation before. So I was always, I never really had the freedom of like, I'm going to go and there is nothing waiting on me. The waiting on me thing is such a trigger mm. for me. <laughs> like I can't handle it. So, and I, I work as a result of this from my therapy, I realized that it's actually my one of the best quality in me because under pressure or under that pressure, knowing that I have a deadline, I work my most efficient mm. thing and I I do the best thing. I, I, I work so efficient. I am very focused. I do everything very correctly. Yes, you use your time now very efficiently because you learned that you had to. Yes. Yeah. But I knew this as a therapy situation, but also I didn't know as a communication, how is this affecting me? For for example, my partner, when I go out or whatever, for some time she would, for example, tell me, hey, uh, I just 
my dinner would you want to come and join me in the beginning i didn't understand why is this affecting me and i get uh, very angry and i get very like pressured and i feel like i have to explain myself and i have to um say am i going to be late 10 minutes or and this whole um scenario becomes so big in my head that i get so defensive and i say that no i didn't tell you to wait for me and please don't and and then it turns into a big discussion but then through therapy and through my understanding of expression i realize actually it's okay this is related and i knew that my trauma or my emotional trauma was the 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 deadline or the strict timeline yes so when i expressed this to my partner and i told her hey please um just know this is one of my discoveries that i realized recently i didn't know it was such a big deal because before i was saying ah my dad was having a curfew at seven but actually it's bigger than i thought so when i discovered this and i explained this to my partner um we came to com- communication that okay i understand why it affects me but in the same time if you do if you are asking me the next time i feel free to do it because now i know why it triggers me and i will not put it on you as um you are waiting on me to do something so how it helps is you don't believe the story in your head that you're being pressured and that she's doing something wrong, you can remember, ah, this just resembles the same feeling I used to have when dad did that, but this is not the same situation. And you can breathe and let that go and it no longer becomes a problem. Exactly. As a solution, we one of the things that we are implementing because it affects me, uh, we started saying, I told her, we, we explained that if she would say, hey, I made dinner and uh, I would love to eat with you, instead of saying, um, I'm waiting for you to come and we have dinner, yes. this is a huge change on me. Because then I realized just this change of a word make me feel wanted to be there with you and to actually have dinner with you. Instead of like, be on time and... Uh, like I'm waiting on you to... Yes, the language makes yeah. a big difference, whether you feel guilty and it has something to do with um, someone expecting something of you. Exactly. Or whether it's just an invitation. Totally. Mm. And now I feel like I, I always pause and remember what it means. But especially in this uh, example, I feel more wanted to be uh, home before nine or before seven to have dinner yeah instead of feeling pressures to be home at seven to not disappoint my dad yes thank you so much for sharing today i'm sure this is going to help so many other people who are also struggling to to be their authentic self it's not easy at all especially if we haven't been taught to do that from a young age if we haven't been asked our opinion um, if we haven't been given the opportunity to express ourselves without being told off or feeling guilty, then 
it's something very, very hard to do at a later stage, but it it really is well worth it. And I think your story and your journey just shows how much it is worth it to to find that inner peace and that happiness and just know that you are on the path that you want to be on. You're not living life for somebody else. You're living it for you. And that's really important. I agree totally. I mean, I think it's, it is breaking free, basically. Yes. 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> we said that together. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Breaking Free, please share it with your friends or on your social media platforms. And of course, I'd really love it if you can subscribe, rate or review the show. You can reach me directly at raniacurdy.com if you would like to ask a question, comment on what you heard today, or find out how I can support you on your journey.